me dive in real quick before I go to bed. Got a spare the moment recording tonight, uh, episode 44, I believe. Um, 10.30 p.m., March the 1st, 2021. And like I said, this is off the, dump, off the top of the head, just kind of rambling, because some news just broke. And for those that are involved in the sneaker world or enjoy, you know, rocking different kicks and stuff, this is very interesting. And I just wanted to talk about that. Uh, news just broke that Nike VP and GM and Hebert, Herbert, however you say it, I don't know her name, um, was just asked to step down from Nike. And the reason for that is because it was just found out that her son, who uh, has a business, uh, West Coast Streetwear, if you go on IG and look up West Coast Streetwear, you'll see uh, what the sneaker world refers to as a reseller. Um, Instagram is flooded with pictures of him with some of the most recent releases, and you're talking about two or three hundred pairs of shoes that, for us regular people, sell out in a matter of seconds. But somehow, some way, this person, I think his name is Joe or something, I don't know his name, nor do I care. But somehow, some way, this person has hundreds of the sneakers that, like, I'm talking about, sell out immediately. Like, the regular uh, public has no chance in hell of grabbing but somehow some way this guy has like a big ass warehouse full of them um anywhere from off-white jordan fives flint 13s what else did i see uh jordan ones yeezys name it this guy has it well come to find out this guy is the vp at nike's 19 year old son and apparently uh, he used mommy's credit card and that's what uh, caused a red flag for them to put two and two together. And due to the fact that it looks shady as hell and has been asked to step down. Now, for those who do not care about sneakers, uh, you can turn away from it, turn it off, whatever. But I'm, I'm going multiple avenues with this episode because to me, that is the perfect example of American greed. And really, you don't even have to say American greed because it's resellers and people similar to uh, Joe or whoever he is across the world. It's like people that are not familiar with sneakers really don't understand a lot of the ins and the outs when it comes to purchasing, you know, sought after shoes so I ain't going to really say it's American greed. It's just capitalism at its finest. And just people just, for whatever reason, you know, that's, that's economics one-on-one, supply and demand. So if you can control the market, then guess what? You can control the consumer and you determine what people are willing to pay. And I want to talk about that, but then I also want to give a little insight on the sneaker world and how a lot of that has come about come about and how like <laughs> I don't know, I guess with the advancement of technology 
and all these apps and marketing strategies and stuff. That's kind of led to where we're at now and for this situation to actually happen. Like I not only do I blame the people at Nike for not keeping a closer eye on their product and the people who are in charge and make sure that they're not, you know, backdooring, you know, kicks and having little private deals set up and this and that to where they're eating from both ends of the, of the spectrum. But it's like, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's a lot that ties into it. But real quick, before I dive into that, you know, it's funny how all of this played out because today, you know, I got a group chat with some of my partners. Shout out my homeboy, Dante, and uh, my guy, Alex. Uh, we got a little group chat going and, you know, periodically here and there, you know, we just shoot messages back and forth, laughing, carrying on. But the majority of our conversation is about sneakers. So, you know, I'm a huge LeBron collector. Like, I'm into LeBron kicks more so now because of comfort. Um, if you all haven't listened to the earlier episode, I believe me and Dante was on that episode when we was talking about, you know, kicks and, you know, some of our favorites and, you know, what got us started in the shoe world and all this and that. Just something small, little conversation. You know what I'm saying? I definitely have a passion for, for sports, have a passion for kicks, but it's like, you know, this is not a sneaker podcast. Shout out to the guys over at the Sneak Disc. They definitely dive in week to week, uh, keeping you updated on fresh new releases, uh, giving you the updates on different categories, top 10 sneakers of the year, top 10 this, top 10 that. So that is your everyday sneaker podcast. So shout out to them. Um, go check them out on all streaming services or YouTube. You know, when I have some free time, I actually like watching the videos because they some funny dudes. But um you know, if I'm here at work, I'll just throw it on the Spotify and just sit there and listen to it. But anyways, so in our group chat today, you know, we just laughing, joking. And uh, the conversation came up about us uh, trying to start a sneaker business or, you know, we the conversation was kind of joking. But then again, you know, it was it was a little seriousness in there because all of us are you know, heavy into kicks. I know I definitely got a lot of shoes and stuff sitting around that I don't get an opportunity to wear, especially with COVID and stuff going on. And not only that, it's like, I look at myself more of a collector now. It's like, I'm married, got kids. The only place I really go is grocery store, might ride to the Nike store, see if they got anything that I can, uh, what I consider a steal, look on the clearance racks or whatever. But outside of that, uh, Texas Roadhouse, and I'm back at home. So I really don't have a lot of places to go to where, you know, I can actually wear a lot of these kicks that I that I buy. And some may think it's stupid. But to me, like I said, it's, it's a hobby. I collect sneakers. Um, push come to shove. If I'm ever in a bind, I know for a fact that I got a few things that I can get rid of that I can, you know, I don't have no worries. And just an example, um, I want a pair of. Travis Scott fours and whatever the hype is around Travis Scott and Jordans, I'll never understand. That's just, that's not my lane. Like I, I'm not into kicks that everybody else wants per se. It's like, I, I kind of have my own desire, you know what I'm saying? Like my own wants when it comes to kicks. And for me, I always want stuff that I know don't nobody else have. 
So that way, when I go outside, it's very rare that me and some other person is going to have on the same shoes. Like, I hate the way they do Jordans now because it's like new Jordans come out. I guarantee you for the next week, everywhere you go, you're going to see that shoe on everybody's feet. You go to the club, everybody's got this shoe on. Go to the mall, everybody's got this shoe on. It's like, I, I'm i sorry that I don't want to be a part of uh, that cycle, attack of the clones, whatever you want to call it. So I've always marched to the beat of my own drum, even when I was growing up. Um, you know, it wasn't a lot of people to begin with, but at the same time, it was like only a handful of people was able to get the Jordans or the Grand Hills, the Iversons and stuff like that. So you was able to have your own originality growing up. So that's why I said I always had stuff that I knew different people wouldn't have. And it ain't about showing out or trying to look better than people. It's just I I wanted to be in my own lane. So with that said, uh, back to the Travis Scott stuff, it's like for whatever reason, Travis Scott's, they are a hot commodity. Like people are paying crazy money for Travis Scott sneakers. I know the Travis Scott Jordan 1s at one point was reselling for well over $1,000, if not closer to two grand. I know some like off-white Jordans and stuff like that, well over $1,000, easy. So anyways, I won a pair of uh, Travis Scott 4s. Shout out to Reds Los Angeles. It's a Facebook group. You can also follow them on Instagram. Uh, good dude. They actually are a raffle group. And I've known them or Rick for a while because I'm in another shoe group, the LeBron Marketplace. And in this group, it's nothing but LeBrons, of course. Uh, anywhere from sneakers, jerseys. Hell, I'm starting to see people posting uh, basketball cards and anything LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Like, solely LeBron's. And I think it's almost like 10,000 people in this group. So it's like, that's where I go. Oftentimes, if I'm looking for steals or looking for stuff that I ain't, that I couldn't find or just random pickups, I always go to the LeBron marketplace. So anyways, that's how I stumbled across this raffle group. And I actually won a pair of Travis Scott 4s. And I just mailed them off today. Like I knew I wasn't going to wear them. Um, it actually came in a bundle pack with the Sean Wortherspoon uh, Air Max 97s. That's a pair of shoes that I've always wanted. Definitely looked nice on other people's feet, but it was one of those things where it's like, man, all you see is celebrities, you know, people with some clout that had them. And at one point, man, those shoes was at 1500 you know, 1100 1200 And I was like, I don't have that kind of money to spend on a pair of sneakers. But I ended up winning in this raffle group, but the way they had it set up was that shoe and the Travis Scott was a bundle. So I actually won them both. And like I said, at the time, you know, unfortunately that's the shoe that it was paired up with. I wish I could have got something else, but you know, Hey, I was fortunate to win. Thankful, not going to complain. And, you know, the shoe, the Travis Scott sat here for a couple weeks now. And I was like, you know what? I might as well let somebody who actually wants it, 
you know, have it. You know, I can use this to get something else that I want. And I actually sold the shoe. And I sold the shoe for $850. So that puts you in the mind of this sneaker world that most people don't understand or don't take the time to understand. They just see people lined up for the Jordans and they call us crazy and all this good jazz. But in reality, it's, you know, it's all just part of the consumer world. You know, people line up for the new iPhones or whatever's hot. If you think it's hot and you want it, you're willing to go stand in line or you're willing to go do whatever you need to do. So anyways, we's talking about, uh, selling shoes and this and that. And it turned into, uh, we ain't going to never be able to sell no shoes with Adrian because he rocks LeBron's. That's the little inside joke. And I want to talk about that real quick because it's like, I get that Jordans are iconic. Like Jordans date back to hell before I was even born. I I was born in 84. So it's like Jordans go back 30 some years and I get that they're iconic. So there's an attachment with Air Jordans. You know, Jordans changed the whole sneaker world. And Jordans will always be a popular shoe. Like, that's just something that was never going to go away. And growing up, I was a huge Jordan collector, just like everybody else. But you also heard me mention that I got into Iversons, T-Macs. Grand Hills, like I just wanted a, a variety of kicks because I actually like shoes. And, you know, growing up, we all wanted the Jordans or whatever, but, you know, I just didn't, I wasn't in an area to where I could keep up with all of them. You know, we had the East Bay magazine order out of East Bay. Every now and then, a few of our local stores would have them, and I was able to cop them that way. Or we did a lot of shopping in Memphis. And if we got there early enough, Back then, it was like Jordans didn't just sell out instantly. Like you can actually walk in the store, ask for your size. And, you know, at the luck of a draw, they still had them. This is 12, one o'clock in the afternoon. They still sitting there. So that's what the, the conversation was. And, I, you know, I try to explain to people oftentimes it's like there's a LeBron market out there that people don't realize actually exist. And there's a lot of high-end LeBrons that people pay top dollar for, and in my opinion, are more valuable than any pair of Jordan that you can think of that's not limited edition or some type of exclusive, you know what I'm saying, collab with this and that. If you're just talking retro straight up every week that drops and you put it in comparison to some of these LeBrons that are out here, those LeBrons are killing Jordans. But when I say that to people, you know, people just kind of laugh and brush it off because at the end of the day, in my opinion, we've just we've been programmed to think that it's Jordan and then everything else under it. Like nothing's ever going to top the era Jordan. And that's my first. I respectfully disagree because, like I said, I, I got my first pair of LeBrons when I was in college and I was just going in to get a hoop and shoe. And it was actually the LeBron 7, which is one of his favorite, uh, one of his more popular models. And I put that shoe on and I swear it changed my life forever because now it's just like, damn, like 
This is a basketball shoe that's comfortable. My feet are not burning and aching. And it's kind of stylish. Like, I was, like, I know I'm going to get laughed at, but it's like my gym shoe would also become my walk-around shoe. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm walking around campus with the same shoes that I hoop in, knowing good and damn well that if I got in one of them dorms with a chick or something and took my shoes off, I'm getting kicked up out of there. But, you know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, like, these are comfortable. And that's what kind of turned me on, and the rest is history. So it's like, you know, certain people, you know, shout out to my boy Avery. He's starting to become a LeBron believer, but it's like they're comfortable. And to me, they're stylish. But the the big pushback on it is, you know, they're bulky. You know, we're in this big fad now to where everybody wants their pants to be skinny. And if your jeans don't sit right on your shoe, it looks crazy. Not realizing that all of our damn life, we grew up walking around with big ass Grant Hill feelers and everything else, big ass phones and all this and that. So it's like, hey, I get it. People adjust with the times. So a lot of people are into runners and stuff like that. That's why Yeezys are popular because you can pull it off with your jeans and it's not a big bulky shoe. Everything looks sleek. I get it. But for me, I'm staying true to what's what's my taste. So if I can get uh a LeBron. I like the colors, you know, different colors, bright colors, and it's comfortable. Sign me up. Because like I said, for the most part, back in the day, your Jordans was your typical Chicago Bulls colorways. Every now and then they'll throw in a few little different colors. But it wasn't until after Jordan retired and the retro scene just blew up to where now it's like, man, you you get any kind of Jordan. Like I, I got so many Jordan 13s, and green, orange, you know what I'm saying? Like, they just spitting them out. I actually want some of the purple 13s. And that's how the conversation with Alex went today, too, because I was talking about how I wanted to buy a pair from him. But anyways, long story short, you know, we got to joking, and we talking about having a sneaker battle on Instagram. And, you know, to us, you know, it was just all fun and jokes. Wasn't nothing serious. But to everybody else, you know, people were actually tuning in, you know, commenting on it and stuff like that. And he was posting his Jordans in our group chat. And, you know, we was just kind of laughing. I'm like, dude, you keep posting these same Jordans. Everybody done seen before. Like, it's nothing special about them. There's no history behind it. And I'm posting, you know, different LeBrons that I think is important to me. They have a story behind, you know, LeBron birthday three. You know, early in the LeBron line, they were doing, you know, birthday series kicks or birthday themed kicks. Uh, I posted my... White elite LeBron nines. That's the champion uh, shoe he won his first championship in. You know what I'm saying? Like just different stuff like that is what interests me. So we was just going back and forth. And I log on to Instagram tonight. And that's when I see this breaking news about this Nike VP and GM that had to step down. And I'm saying to myself, I'm like, that's insane because that goes to show you how this all ties into people unable to purchase sneakers directly from Nike or directly from Foot Locker and all these, you know, retail stores, people are having a hard time. And now we understand why. So just to go back just a little bit, it's like, okay, like I just said a few minutes ago, I can only grab the shoes that I really wanted 
through East Bay or luck of the draw, walk into a store and they're still there. Like a lot of the shoes that I go after, you're not going to find them just sitting on a shelf. You know what I'm saying? Like some of those Jordans back in the day, the actual Jordan line, this was before retros. You know what I'm saying? Like these were the originals. He was still playing ball. Like that was a popular shoe. So they came out, everybody was there and you'd be lucky to see that shoe again sitting on the shelf later on in the day. Otherwise, it's a wrap. There was no such thing as a resale market, at least to me at that point in time. If you didn't get them, you just didn't get them. And I cried and cried and cried. And you know what? It is what it is till the next one come out. And hopefully you grab them then. Well, fast forward to college. It's like, okay, now there's the internet involved. You had websites that told you when these shoes were getting ready to come out. 23 is back was real popular back in the day. So you knew when they were going to come out, you could plan for it. So now it's like, okay, now I got to go to the store and fight this line. So as long as you was in line early enough, you go in, grab your pair, come on out, chunk up the deuces to everybody else that was late or overslept. And you already knew the end. Guess what? If they didn't buy it from somebody that was in line or willing to sell their pair, then here we are again. You just missed out. Chalk up the L. Well, with the advancement of technology, now the Concord release, Concord Retro. Can't remember what year it was, but that's when all hell broke loose. Pandemonium. And that led to stores now doing raffles. The only way you can purchase this sneaker is if you hit the in-store raffle. And at that point, they gave you a set time to when you could come in and pick them up and stuff like that, because that's when people was getting robbed, killed. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just pure pandemonium over sneakers. And then the all-star Nike basketball pack with the Galaxy LeBron 9s, the Galaxy foams, all of that, like that was pure pandemonium. So that's what led to these raffles. And it shows you how far all of this dates back because it's like, even back then with this raffle system, if you knew somebody who worked at the store, all you had to do is be like, look, bro, like I'm trying to get a size 12, blah, blah, blah. You throw a couple extra dollars. They rigged the raffles and you was guaranteed to get your pair. So it was still sneaky shit going on even back then. And that's when it started getting real tricky because I'm not going to you know, call people out by name and I'll share some of my personal experiences. But it's like, you know, I know for a fact that in Lexington, the LeBron China nine is coming out. It's freezing cold outside. I go standing like because back then they was doing midnight releases. I go stand in line. I'm the first person there. I stood outside for like an hour, if not longer than that. Freezing cold. Dude opens the door at midnight. I tell him I need a size 12. And he's like, we don't have no size 12. Size 12 gone. And I'm like, how can a size 12 be gone? And I'm the first person here. And that's when I first got introduced to how shady the game can be when it comes to this sneaker world. And I'm talking about, I was 
pissed. Pissed. And this is when LeBron's was actually thriving. Like, LeBron's was selling out. He had won this championship. You know, no, take that line back. They hadn't won the championship yet. Like, the South Beach 8 had dropped. And that's what changed the LeBron line for real. Because a lot of those sevens that people consider classics now was on clearance racks. Those are facts. A lot of those LeBron sevens was on clearance racks. That's how I was able to even get my first pair of LeBron sevens to even hoop in. And um, South Beach 8s started making LeBron shoes popular. He's in Miami. They start throwing out these wild colorways, bright colors, whatever. So, again... Size 12 is gone. I'm like, dog, how in the hell can a size 12 be gone? So then I start running into situations at House of Hoops. Raffles getting rigged or this shoe is first come, first serve. But when I get there, I'm first in line, second in line. But my size is already gone. And that's what I'm just talking about. Like you, you peed off. And then fast forward to now, it's like you got certain Facebook groups. And that's where I realized, okay, just because the store sells out, what people are doing is they're going and buying them, but then they run online and they post them just so they can turn an extra $40, $50. You throw shipping on top of it and I can get this same shoe, but now I got to pay more. So if I really want it, I'm going to have to pay for it. So here we go. Supply and demand economics one on one. And I was okay with that. I'm like, all right, whatever. I really want it. I love kicks. I'm willing to do whatever. And I ain't going to lie. You know, I benefited from knowing certain people that work at shoe stores. And, you know, by the end, I became a familiar face. So people start holding kicks for me. So, again, I ain't going to sit there and complain all the way because I did benefit from it. It's, it's about who you know. It's about what kind of work you put in, start building relationships. And that's with anything in life. You build these relationships with people. Guess what? You help me. I help you. Well, I guess these retail stores are trying to catch up to that wave or the advancement in technology, because I'm sure, you know, they see these Facebook groups and people on Instagram thriving, backdooring and reselling their products. So now it's like, okay, we're going to jump on this wave. So they create these apps. and. Okay, here's a Nike exclusive. This is only going to be sold on the sneakers app. Well, guess what? Now you got millions of people that's going to download this sneakers app. And at that point in time, I'm thinking that, okay, it's so much traffic. That's what's causing this app to crash. You know, that's what's causing the Nike website to slow down. There's so many people trying to purchase items to where it's just causing the servers to crash. So now it's like, okay. Certain stores may not get it, but the app has it. So now it's like, damn, I really want it, but the stores are not going to have it. So now I got to figure out what exclusive stores is going to get this product. So I told y'all on other podcasts, I, I believe I shared that story where I was I was driving five and six hours to go pick up sneakers because there was no stores within my living area that had them. I was willing to get up two, three o'clock in the morning, drive four or five hours to be at the store when it opened. But um, now it's like, okay, jump on this app, cross your fingers, hope you get through. If you don't get through, then guess what? If you really want it, you're going to have to pay resale 
on Facebook through one of these groups and hope don't nobody scam you and actually ship you your product because that was going on too. People were cash app, not cash app. That wasn't uh, invented yet. Uh, PayPal, people were sending the payments as a gift, friends and family. And once that money crossed, you were trusting this complete stranger that they were going to be, you know, a person of their word and send you your product and people was keeping the money. So it's like, damn, now we got to figure out how to protect ourselves from this, uh, from being scammed because now the whole market has shifted to online. So again, sneakers app, Nike, every week is just crashing. Like I've never hit on an exclusive pair of kicks on sneakers. It's always some shoe that don't nobody care about and it's still sitting there. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, so it's like, all right, Nike done got hip to the game. They're putting everything on this app. Fast forward to today, we're in the middle of a pandemic. A lot of the shoe stores, you know, at first were closed down. So the only place you could get it is online. But every week, I'm talking about the shoe sells out in seconds. You get on there and the site is crashing in seconds. It's been so many kicks and they come out at 10 o'clock. I'm sitting on there at 930, just refreshing, refreshing, trying to figure out a way to get through. And by 10.01, everything's gone. So everybody runs the social media to the point to where it, it became just a joke. You know, who caught an L today? Blah, blah, blah. But then, of course, with the advancement of technology, people started creating what they call bots. People were creating computer software to where you can leave your computer up and running. And depending on what product or shoe, as long as you had the code and all of that, then the bot will select your item, throw it in your cart, check out, and you'll never have to touch it. And of course, the bot is faster than the human hand because of course you got to go through, enter your name, address, card number, blah, 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 verify yourself. So with this computer program, it does all of that for you. So people got hip to that. So now people are actually selling bot services. People are wanting sneakers so bad to where they're willing to pay for a bot service just to get an opportunity to get the shoe. It ain't even a guarantee. I saw some people selling bots. that's like, okay, this ain't no guarantee, but it at least increases your chances. And I'm like, dog, this is crazy. Like, this is a whole nother scene. But I was one of those dummies to where it's like, okay, well, if I want it, I'm just going to pay resale. I'll pay $40, $50 over as long as I get it. You know, that's something that I want as long as I get it. Because at that time, StockX and all of that wasn't even around yet. So you had to, you literally had to go through a stranger. And again, I developed some relationships in different groups, met up with different people, and people started throwing me retail lobs. Like, here, man, I'll go pick them up. I'm already be at the store getting my own. What size you need? I need a size 12. Cool, I got you. Me, I'll, hey, here's 20 on top. Go get yourself some lunch. Go put it in a gas tank. Appreciate you. So it's like, again, I benefited from being in different groups, knowing different people. So I'm cool. 
So here we go again. Pandemic. Nobody's able to physically get up and go to the store. And the Nike apps are crashing. We chalk it up as, oh, man, it's just these bots, these bots, resellers, StockX. Everybody's flooding StockX now. And this news breaks about Nike. And it's her son. And her son is sitting on hundreds of pairs and come to find out they're getting exclusive information from the mom. And they're using bots on top of that. So it's like, first of all, how does the mom only get asked to step down? Like that to me is that should be some kind of penalty right there. Like you're backdooring products and your son has a business that he's profiting from. So not only are you making money being a VP or GM at Nike, but your son has a very lucrative business. And you're sitting there watching him thrive with products that come from Nike that should not be that accessible. Like, there's no way that he should be sitting in a picture with a hundred pair of Jordan Off-White Fives that currently, in my size, size 12, is going for well over $1,000. Like I said, man, like 1100 And depending on who you buy it from, you might have to pay more than that. So how is that even possible? And it's just like you sitting there thinking to yourself, it's like, dude, like that really is the perfect example of how we've been programmed to look down upon the lower class people who are doing anything in their power to get ahead in life. I've always told myself that I will never talk shit about anybody that's doing whatever it takes, whether it's legal or illegal, to put food on their table. Like what people do in their life and how they do it ain't none of my damn business. Because if push come to shove and I'm down to my last dollar and my three kids are hungry, then I'm going to do whatever the hell I got to do. And that's why I said it's been situations where I done sold some shoes who you know I thought was prized possessions to me, but at the end of the day, it's just material shit. So don't get me wrong. Yeah, I like shoes, but I also understand that they're just shoes. If push comes to shove, all this shit can go. If I'm in a bind, every last one of them can go. I'm not emotionally attached to none of these damn shoes. Shoes are made. They crumble. If you don't rock them, I got shoes that I've never put on. And sometimes I look at it and it's like, man, why? Why? Like eventually over the course of time, if you don't take care of them, they're going to fall apart any damn way, come unglued or whatever. But again, that's just a hobby. So back to what I'm saying, like, I'm never going to frown on anybody that's doing whatever they need to do to make it out here. But for some reason, society has convinced us that anybody that sells drugs or anybody that's out here <laughs> prostituting OnlyFans, like, they're the, the scum of the earth. Or think about these people who were arrested for changing the the address on their uh, kids' school paperwork so they can go to a better school. People were actually arrested for trying to put their kid in a better environment so they can get a better education. And it's like we frown upon them. But then Aunt Becky, <laughs> she was just what? 
trying to ensure that her daughter got the best of the best and she gets a slap on the wrist. But that's a whole nother conversation. But you get what I'm saying? It's like for the people that come from the lower class, when they commit acts of crime or do things, oh, man, they're stealing from the government. They're scamming the government. They're getting welfare and food stamps when they're capable of working or they found a loophole and this and that. Y'all frown upon them. But then your damn president, former president, says that he found a loophole in his taxes and everybody applauds it. So you're okay with these CEOs and these higher ups finding all these gaps to where they can maintain their wealth and keep their status quo. But you're upset at the people on the bottom that's trying to do anything in their power to climb to the top. And that's the prime example with this Nike shit. It's like people are actually trying to buy a product, but yet you keep coming into this roadblock, this obstacle. And within seconds, it tells you that this product is not available. It's sold out. Like you got millions of people waiting to throw their money at you. But for whatever reason, they can't get through. Sold out, sold out. And you're like, man, where the hell is all these shoes going? And come to find out it's going to her son and he's profiting off of it. And like I said, he slipped up because apparently somehow, some way he used her credit card. And that's how they were able to trace it back. And like, Wait a minute. Like, this is a Nike VP. Like, you're sitting here paying for Nike products that's being backdoored. Or even the uh, Jordan ones that was just released a few weeks ago. Uh, Michael Jordan's son has his own store. And the rumor is he was backdooring shoes, selling them for $1,000 a pop. And when people actually, you know, went to purchase the shoe when they thought it was supposed to be released, they didn't even have enough available because they had already backdoored. So it's like that's that's the greed in all of this. That's the greed in it all. And that's what I'm saying. It's like it it has ruined the hobby for me. And that's what we was all kind of talking about. Where now it's like everything is such a, a black market affair to where it's like I told my wife, the uh, L.A. Dodger LeBron 7, we all thought was going to release on February the 23rd. I wake up on the 23rd. I'm sitting here like waiting on my phone. And it never did release in the United States. The shoe, as of now, only released in Europe. And I want to say maybe Asia, Hong Kong, wherever. And everybody here was pissed off. But me, already being programmed to think that, okay, I'm never going to get them on Nike. So I got to find an alternate route. I immediately go to StockX. And by the time I pay for shipping, processing fees, and this and that, a $200 shoe cost me $300. I was willing to pay $100 over retail just so I can have them because I knew that when they do release here in the United States, whenever they do, there's not a chance in hell that I'm going to get them. And that's what I'm saying. That's where we're at now when it comes to retail and buying sneakers or really buying anything it's like if you if you really want it you got to fight through the bots you got to fight through the people backdooring them at the store and hope that you get an opportunity otherwise you asked out 
So now you're going to have to go buy them from the person who has the bot and they're going to charge double just so you can get it. So I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll take my chances. I'll get them off StockX. And that's the embarrassment of all of this. And that's why I wanted to do the podcast. I know I've been rambling, but for people that are actually interested in sneakers, you can agree with me on this whole thing. Like everything that I'm saying is facts. And that's why I'm like, you know, for those that are not in the sneakers and you listening, then hopefully you you're learning something because it's like, that's what the obsession is with it all. It's like, I wanted those LA Dodger LeBron sevens because actually I'm collecting LeBron sevens. I told y'all that was my first LeBron ever. So now I'm up to what? 19 pairs. I have 19 pair of LeBron sevens, just the LeBron seven. So it's like a hobby to me. So it's like, damn, I really want it. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it. But come to find out the reason why nobody's able to get anything is because the damn people at Nike are backdooring kicks or figuring out how to help their loved ones profit off of this all. And that's just like, I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. And that's like I said, that sums up American greed all in one picture. And it also sums up privilege because you know that that's wrong. And all Nike does is issue this bland ass statement saying that this executive or VP, whoever she is, is just going to step down because it looks bad on the company. I guess they're not going to investigate it to see exactly how her son was actually getting his hands on that many pairs of their products. And this isn't nothing that's, you know, recent. Like if you go back and look at that Instagram post, it's a lot of kicks. And I know for a fact, like the Jordan Flint 13s, I had actually won a pair via raffle here local at the stores, but that was doing all the Breonna Taylor stuff. And a lot of people went around breaking into sneaker stores and they stole them. So I didn't get my pair from the store. So I'm in the car driving down to my hometown and my wife's on her phone. I'm on my phone driving and we're both trying to get on Nike to win this Flint 13 because I wasn't able to pick mine up. And within a matter of seconds, sold out, gone. And I ended up having to pay over retail to get my pair. But if you go look at this guy, you know, her son's Instagram page, this dude got like 200 pair of a shoe that sold out. Like all of my friends, they was like, man, I really wanted them. It sold out. It sold out. Like everybody had to go to StockX or GOAT to grab this Flint 13, which ain't even, you know, it's, it's a popular Jordan. It's a classic, but it shouldn't have been that hard to obtain. Like, that's the problem. Like everything now has become, I'm going to buy it all up and force you to pay me extra. And it's like, hopefully this is a red flag to Nike. And hopefully they come back to the drawing board to figure out another way to where, you know, people can actually get their hands on a product because you know what I'm saying? The demand is there. People are going to buy it. Obviously they have the supply. But you got to figure out how you can get this to the people. 
without them having to feel like, damn, like, here we go, another week, another shoe that I missed out on. And if I want it, I'll just have to go pay resale. But luckily for me, I don't have that problem because like my dear buddy, Alex, shout out to you again. You was laughing at my LeBrons earlier, man. Don't nobody wear that shit. Shout out to my guy, E. He calls them uh, moon boots or whatever you call them. The motherfucking Timberland boots. Birdman boots is what he's saying. Birdman boots. The rest of the world has been uh, brainwashed into nobody's wearing LeBrons. Nobody thinks LeBrons are popular. And here of late, a lot of his shoes have gone on clearance or those are some of the ones that you can go online and still purchase. Now, the ones that have, you know, special collaborations or different little meanings behind it and they're limited, of course, they sell out instantly and I have to pay over the over retail form or whatnot. But for the most part, there ain't a LeBron out there that I can't get my hands on. And I'm cool with that. Y'all keep lining up, keep fighting over your Jordans. The same Jordans that's been out since I was a teenager. Keep lining up, keep fighting over them. And I'll put on my LeBrons and call it a day. But anyways, if y'all listen to this, man, give me some feedback on what y'all think is going on with this Nike stuff. Is it going to change the shoe game? Is Nike going to crack down on the bots, pay more attention to their employees and how that works? Because that's a whole nother conversation about the LeBron market where uh, some Nike personnel was uh, putting in special orders, creating PEs, what they call player exclusive, like the UK, LeBron's, uh, Duke, uh, Michigan State, Ohio State, a lot of the school edition shoes. Some of these Nike uh, personnels was, you know, putting in orders and stuff like that. And they were backdooring. And these are selling for thousands of dollars. And that's why I laugh at people like, oh, ain't nobody rocking LeBron's and this and that. I'm like, nah, I've seen LeBron's sell for $10,000, one pair, $10,000. I've seen people pay $6,000 for one pair of LeBron's. It's a whole nother market out there of just exclusive LeBron kicks. And I done paid some crazy prices for some of the ones that I have. But like I said, even with that, it's like, all right, I bought them, rock them, put them back up. But then it's like, damn, you know, why? <laughs> why didn't you spend that kind of money? It's, I guess it's just to each its own. Uh, what's the saying? It ain't tricking if you got it. And I ain't going to pretend like I got it. But at the same time, you know, it didn't put a dent in my pockets too bad. And I'm okay with it. But it's like, it's a whole nother market out there. And you'll be amazed at what people pay or invest in sneakers to the point to where, man, you can go on Flight Club and shit and do payments. They got payment plans for sneakers and stuff now. But it's like, anyways, said, man, y'all let me know. Y'all think it's going to change for the better. This thing's still going to be the same. Uh, what do y'all think is going to happen to her son's business? Is that going to hinder the business? Because now that the mom has stepped down, is he not going to be able to get his hands on pairs anymore? Or is Nike going to, you know, flag the cards because now this person's name is out there? Like, it's, 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 it's a lot of what ifs. And I'm curious to know. But like I said, it, this just happened. 
So, of course, these questions really don't have an answer yet, but I just wanted to jump on. It's a hot topic. I see Instagram is being flooded talking about it. So I'm like, you know what? Why not? Let me jump on here and record real quick. So, again, I appreciate y'all listening. Give me some feedback on this, man. This is for the sneaker lovers. Uh, For those that are into kicks, repost and share it. Give me some feedback, man. Give me your IGs, your uh, uh, Facebooks, and this and that. And let's chop it up. Again, my Instagram is Feed Me Kicks. That's kicks with a Z at the end. Uh, my Instagram page is public, so feel free to go check it out. Like I said, I, I ain't going to say I got a exclusive, exclusive collection, but I'm proud of my collection. I don't care what you say, Alex. I hope you're listening to it. Uh, I got some some fire LeBrons on deck. Got a few classic Jordans that I still, you know, are, are attached to. But overall, I'm I'm mainly a LeBron collector. Plus, it's Air Max month, Nike Air Max. I'm starting to get into Nike Air Max 90s. Like I said, I got the Sean Wortherspoons. That's a prized possession in my collection. So y'all go check it out. Feed me kicks. And I'm out of here. Leo ass toasted. Yeah. No competition. Amisha coasted.